Trigger warning. The following episode contains references to gore, sexual content, animal cruelty, human suffering, death, factual inaccuracies, several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. Spornado versus Babunami. I'm Adam. No, no, no. Eat some of the purple bread. It'll really loosen you up. I'm Andy. They say not to be ashamed of STIs, but if you catch one that way, maybe you should be. I'm Kelly. Yartsa Gunbu, the world's top assassin or mushroom aphrodisiac. I'm Sean, and find out today on Acid Pop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Today on Acid Pop, we're going to be talking about parasitic fungi. Finally. Fun guy. Or is it fungi? I like fun guy. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by our patron, J.E. Carp. Uh, if you'd like to become a patron and support this show and get access to episodes early and access to our private Discord, check us out on patreon.com. Support us at the $5 level, and you can hear how much Sean hates dancing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so much. Ain't my fault it's the devil's playground. <laughs> so the etymology parasite is from Latin parasitus, meaning one who eats at the table of another. So, dinner guests. Yep, basically. Parasite. I've always called them <laughs> parasites. And fungus is just Latin. Fungus, meaning mushroom. Oh, some people think it's closely related to spongos or spongy, which uh, a lot of fungus are. You know, spongos from the 101 Spalmations. <laughs> <laughs> so the fear of mushrooms is mycophobia from Latin myco, meaning mushroom. And while irrational fears aren't good, this one's not too bad. There's a lot of fungus out there and most of it's fine, but the few that aren't, set a bad precedent for the rest. They tend to be pretty bad. When I was growing up, I was not allowed to touch mushrooms. Yeah? Like, if you saw a mushroom growing in the grass, you were not under any circumstances to touch it in my family. My mom was very concerned. <laughs> I still don't touch them. Like, yeah. it's that ingrained in me. <laughs> oh, crazy. I thought maybe you just started going wild once you moved out. Rolling around in them. <laughs> a little bit of science here. What separates fungus from plants is pretty simple. They don't photosynthesize. Instead, they dissolve food with enzymes, so more like animals than plants. And they also produce chitin in their cells. Hmm. And uh, they also get around by just growing for the most part. So some have spores and some get washed around, but mostly if they want to get from A to B, they just slowly grow in B's direction. So you're telling me fungus are people? Yeah, yeah, a bit. Well, like taxonomically they are more closely related to animals than plants yeah yeah and there's a song about that you can grow your own way <laughs> <laughs> so we're on to our acid pop quiz true or false fungi is a kingdom adam go first adam go first <laughs> oh now you're gonna make me do this um i'm gonna say false 
I'll go opposite Adam, so I sound very smart if he's wrong. <laughs> Going all True. or nothing. I trust Adam in everything. Oh, no. Well, you shouldn't have, because uh, Andy's right. <laughs> now I get your degree. <laughs> How <laughs> could you? By right, it is his. <laughs> <laughs> yep, fungi is a kingdom all the way at the top. So true or false, uncooked mushrooms are indigestible. False? I mean, I've eaten them. Uh-huh. Yes, I see Mercy eat uncooked mushrooms a lot. <laughs> no, then they'd be like some sort of weird diet food where people were eating them to fill their stomach yeah. like they do cotton balls. I'm going to say false. I'm, I mean, I'm almost sure that you get some nutrients from them. I don't know how much, but I want to say they're digestible. Fill your daily gross quotient. <laughs> mm-hmm. What did you say, Andy? I said false. Cause false? This is true. What? Fungi cells are filled with chitin, like I mentioned before, which we cannot digest. So cooking them breaks down the chitin. What? But yeah, without cooking them, you can't uh, absorb any of the nutrients. So they are the perfect diet food. As long as you don't cook them. Well, then how can we eat bugs? Well, bugs aren't entirely chitin. They're just, their shells are. What are you talking about? (laughs) Bugs are like fun gushers. (laughs) (laughs) Fun or gross? Fun. I thought gushers were the fun gushers. (laughs) Nope. I don't think we need a fun version of gushers. (laughs) See if you trust Andy or Andy Adam from earlier. Mushrooms are more closely related to plants than animals. It's true. True or false? It's true, I tell you. (laughs) No, he said more closely related to plants. The other thing is true. You already said true. I'm going going false. It's false. It's false, I tell you. I'm going to say mushrooms are animals. They're all the way over. (laughs) Yeah. No, this is false, but yeah, like Adam said, they are more closely related to animals, but they're in their own kingdom, so they can't be animals. Who is the mushroom king? (laughs) (laughs) We've yet to undiscover that, or discover that. Undiscover. I've undiscovered this. (laughs) We've yet to forget how that works. Forget everything you've seen here. (laughs) True or false, mushrooms can grow in your skin. True. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's true. I feel like that's going to be true. Like you said, they kind of just go wherever they want. Well, this is false, specifically for mushrooms. So there's oh, <laughs> mold and other fungus that can, but mushrooms oh, cannot. okay. Well, tell that to the last of us. <laughs> so true or false, mushrooms can grow in your lungs. True. Trees can grow in your lungs, we learned. And pumpkins. See, and <laughs> fish can live in your lungs. I don't see why they can't. And watermelon. You tricked me by saying it's mushrooms and not just fungus, but it seems like a place they'd like. Yeah, nice and wet. Yeah. Nope, this is also false. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> Again, some molds in fungus and yeast, but not mushrooms specifically. Have they tried? Like, I don't know. Let's <laughs> talk to somebody about getting some grant money. How hard have they tried? <laughs> so we're on to our fill in the blank. Most animals have two sexes, by and large. How many can fungus have? Oh, damn. Well, Depends on if they're horny. <laughs> I've already had my two sexes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you get. Yep. I want to say three, and I'm not really sure why. I'm saying five. Get crazy with it, mushrooms. 72. <laughs> the correct answer is 28,000. What? what? I'm the closest without going over. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they got a lot of genes. So if you scooped up some soil and categorized its biomass, how much of it would be fungus? 15%. I feel like it depends on where you are. Yeah. Hey, yeah, are you in, like, a mushroom biome? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the fact I found was specifically soil. So if you're in the desert and you scoop up some sand, I don't think that counts. This is nearly all silica. I want to say 30%. <laughs> 10%. 
Correct answer is 90%. Oh, what? <laughs> That's a lot. Is Earth just a big mushroom? Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One big spore floating through space. And we're just tripping along. <laughs> How many human deaths are caused by fungus annually? Well, apparently, if you trip and fall into the soil, that's caused by mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, if you fall out of an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy fell off a building. Death by mushroom. <laughs> 400,000. I'm going to say there's a lot of people that just find mushrooms like, this looks good. Yeah, nope, nope. Uh, 100,000. Yeah, if you're to believe my mother, everyone is dying of mushrooms all the time. <laughs> 100%. Someone's dying of mushrooms right now. Probably. I did say fungus, not mushrooms, but. I'm going to say a million. Okay. Well, this is a tough question to answer. For example, it's hard to say how much a crop would have yielded if it hadn't been infected with a fungus. And also, doctors don't tend to think of fungi when they're presented with symptoms. And a lot of fungal infections have symptoms that look like other stuff. Still, conservative estimates put the number at about 1.6 million people every year. Also... Fungi are just really good at covering up their crimes. (laughs) They digest them away. (laughs) So we're on to our terms. What is Rice Blast? (laughs) It's a a fantastic new kid cereal. (laughs) I was going to say, that's my off-brand Rice Krispies. (laughs) (laughs) They got a lot more pop in them. Oh, look at my mascot. Snort, Cronkle, and Blop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like... Rice water stools are like a certain type of diarrhea. <laughs> oh, God. Rice, rice blast. blast is when you're doing that at a high pressure. <laughs> just all at once. When you exceed 10 PSI, it's called rice blast. <laughs> not going there. I just had a rice blast. <laughs> so rice blast is a fungus that infects fields of rice. It destroys millions of crops every year. So rice is one of the most eaten staple foods in the world, and it's estimated that the rice lost to rice blast could feed 60 million people annually. Jeez. That doesn't sound like a blast. (laughs) Do they just explode? I don't know why it's called that. It honestly looks like the rice gets kind of sunburned, like it gets black and splotchy in spots. Mm. And yeah, once that starts showing up, that pretty much that whole field is, is useless. And the problem is it, it, a lot of times since, you know, fungi, they don't like the sun. They grow on like the undersides of leaves. So they can be kind of hard to spot. What's Yartza Gunbu? That is my character name in Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> <laughs> He's a class 12 paladin. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like we're naming fungi here. So uh, this is a fungus that grows on the barrels of guns. <laughs> Yartsa Gunbu is the latest in the lineage of the Mushroom Kings. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll talk about these a bit later, but it is a type of cordyceps. And uh, cordyceps is a type of fungus that infects an insect before it explodes out of its head. And one type of cordyceps is called Yartsa Gunbu, which translates to summer grass, winter storm. Ooh, that's pretty. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's thought to be an aphrodisiac and is the most expensive mushroom in the world. Any guesses on how much it costs by the pound? Well, if I'm getting some Yartza from my from my guy, my aphrodisiac guy, <laughs> by the pound, that's I I pay like twenty five thousand dollars. Oh, you have to grow it in insect heads. Yep, this can't be easy. 
Well, yeah. Well, first, we have to irradiate the insects so they're giant. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'll go low end. 10,000. Andy's the closest well, go, without going over. It's $50,000 a pound Oof, or wow. $22,500 a kilo. Does it I assume work? you don't need a pound of the stuff to get horny, though. You're probably no. buying <laughs> it in smaller amounts. It's, I assume it's like a placebo, but I can't say for sure. I don't know. The okay. stuff's so potent, you could just be in the same room with it. <laughs> so here's the deal, though. If there's a fungus that causes a thing's head to explode, yeah. I'm not putting it near my head. <laughs> Yeah, when this fungus starts to show up in the mountains of Nepal, entire villages will empty out and take to the mountains to pick these little caterpillar skewers. I got a fuck. <laughs> so what's Big Mike? That's the guy that sells you all the aphrodisiacs. <laughs> Big Mike's the that, best. That's Andy's guy. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's my guy, Big Mike. <laughs> Mostly selling like strawberries and oysters, which is weird. Big Mike. Break it down. All of its syllables. <laughs> Big. Too many syllables. No, I, I like to add <laughs> syllables to things. It makes speaking more fun. Sorry, speaking more food. <laughs> Big Mike is a rapper that is also a mushroom. <laughs> Somewhere out there, there's got to be the world's largest mushroom mm-hmm. or mushroom colony that's mm-hmm. been growing for 2,000 years and covers the entire state of Kansas or something. And that's Big Mike. Mm. Oh, I, I want to change my answer. It's a uh, it's a McDonald's competitor's main hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> give me a big mic. <laughs> now that'd be a large mic. It's Hefty Joe, they call it. <laughs> give me a Husky Jim. <laughs> no, big mic is a type of banana. So okay. it's hearty, tasty, and prone to growing in huge bunches. So Big Mike was the literal top banana for over a hundred years, and people loved him. So much so, in fact, that when it came time to invent artificial flavoring for banana candies, the flavor chosen to simulate was that of Big Mike. Oh. Oh, yeah, I have heard of these. <laughs> Apparently, they got it shockingly close. Then... Yuck. <laughs> Well, in the 1950s, a blight called the Panama disease struck down Big Mike. That's just malaria. (laughs) This was Fusarium oxysporum, which was the the culprit, and it almost wiped out Big Mike. Farmers started growing more resilient species of banana, and now the few plantations of Big Mike left are closely cultivated and eaten by only a few. So people got used to the new bananas, and Big Mike was all but forgotten, though the candy flavor was never recalibrated, and that's why huh. no banana-flavored candies taste like bananas. Huh. And that's the story of Big Mike. It's only eaten by the super rich now. Yeah. <laughs> Had to be a Big Mike. Oh. <laughs> Farmers surrounded by armed guards. <laughs> and that concludes our acid pop quiz. So we're on to our stories. So let's talk about ergotism or St. Anthony's Fire. We talked a bit about this in our food poisoning episode, but let's go a little deeper. So this is an affliction caused by eating claviceps porporia, which translates to purple-headed fungus. Okay. Yeah. A little on the nose. Yeah. So it grows on wheat and rye, and it tends to pop up after very cold winters followed by long, wet springs. And it basically turns wheat stalks purple. I feel like you just described the seasons. Cold followed by wet. Very cold, long and wet. (laughs) So normal seasons. (laughs) 
So it's pretty easy to spot, but if you don't spot it and you eat it, make it into beer or bake it into bread, you are potentially going to be in a very bad way. I didn't know this before researching this episode, but there are actually two types of ergotism. The first type is convulsive. This one causes seizures, paralysis, diarrhea, vomiting, headaches, and psychosis. Oh, there's, not, there's nothing like having a seizure while you're shitting everywhere. <laughs> How'd that get on the ceiling? <laughs> so that's the fun one. <laughs> if you have to get ergot poisoning, get that one. I don't, okay. I don't want to. Only because you said so. <laughs> the other form is gangrenous, in which mm. <laughs> your veins constrict just enough to stop blood from getting to your limbs. So your hands and feet curl up, the skin starts to slough off, and then they go black and fall off. Is that what happened to the Wicked Witch of the West when the house got <laughs> tired? <laughs> it's just that fast. And it's been documented as far back as 857 CE, where Annalise Zantises said, A great plague of swollen blisters consumed people by the loathsome rot, so that their limbs were loosened and fell off before death. Loosened. Just gonna loosen up these limbs. Squeaky, squeaky. <laughs> it used to be distressingly common, but the last known major outbreak was in 1951 in that French village we talked about in our food poisoning episode. Yes. T to summarize, better to have loose stools than loose limbs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and loose lips sink, sink ships. And however tempting it is to make purple bread, it's mm. not a good idea. Yeah, just get some uh, of them yams. And purple beer. <laughs> So there's an order of fungus called mucaroles. Mostly they're harmless to people, but there's a handful that can be really nasty. Mucomorcosis is what it's called when you get infected with mucarales. And these infections usually are around the eyes, nose, and in the lungs, which is a shame because it looks a lot like necrotizing fasciitis. Uh-oh. <laughs> Doctors just start cutting off limbs? Uh, well, they would if they could, but I it's hard to cut off your lungs. <laughs> I'm afraid we're going to have to take off that head. <laughs> so your skin starts to die and fills with mold. Ugh. Typically, fungal infections are treated with antifungal compounds, but a lot of mucorales don't give a shit about those. <laughs> a lot of the times it comes down to debridement, or the removal Ugh. of all the infected skin. No! Yeah, it's like when you got mold on the cheese, you just cut off the bad part. Yeah. Also, no. <laughs> when your eyes or sinuses get infected, you can end up looking like a real-life CT scan. Not my like a real idiot. So how do you get this one? Uh, you just breathe it in. Got it. Stop breathing. <laughs> yep. yep. Very Stop reassuring. Breathing. With more mild forms of this infection, the mortality rate can get as low as 30%. But in the nastier ones, it can go as high as 90%. So the good news is these kind of infections are extremely rare, just a handful a year. However, there was a bad outbreak in 2011 when mucarales were in bloom during a particularly bad tornado season. Oh, oh no! <laughs> and a tornado scooped up a bunch of spores and flung them into the eyes of about 18 people. Gee, oh Ten of those people ended up in intensive care and five of those died. Is that like a sci-fi movie? Yeah, just about. <laughs> Spornado. <laughs> the special effects aren't much in that one. <laughs> it just looks like a regular tornado. <laughs> Believe me, it's more dangerous. <laughs> ah, Bill Paxton. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you may have heard of the Irish potato famine, but what you may not know is that it was caused by a fungus. Photophthora intestans is the fungus in question, from Latin photo, meaning plant, phthora, meaning decay, and infestare, meaning attacking. So attacking plant decay is what the Irish were up against in 1845 when it made its way to their island. Photophthora makes spores like most fungus, which can be carried on the wind, but it also survives just fine in water. So if it rains, it gets down into the soil and the roots. Explains how it got to an island. Yeah. So if it's rainy or windy, two states Ireland often finds itself in, this fungus is getting around. The first year of the famine, 50% of potato crops were lost. In that first year, Ireland appealed to Britain for help, and they said, don't worry, we know what to do. We're going to temporarily suspend tariffs on exports. Oh, good. <laughs> that being the only help in sight, Ireland proceeded to ship off all remaining livestock and crops they had left while there was still some money to be made. Yep, Turns out, yep. though, you can't eat money. And in the following seven years, 75% of potato crops were destroyed. Yeah, my understanding is that, like, there was plenty of food. Like, the British could have helped them, no problem. Yeah. They just chose not to. I was going to say, historically, the British would have been like, ah, let's just close the border. <laughs> so farmers couldn't grow enough to eat, let alone to sell. And as what little money, extra money people had made it in the first year was used up buying food that was suddenly very expensive, people started to die. Some from starvation and a lot from malnutrition. The people that could fled, and by the time Photophthora itself had nothing left to eat and died out in 1852, a million people had died and a million more had fled. In 1845, the population of Ireland was about 8 million. So in seven years, the population dropped by 25%, and roughly half of that was due to death. Oh, God. Yep. <laughs> Potatoes, they's important. So they keep who? telling everyone. <laughs> Faith in Begora. <laughs> so lastly here, let's talk about poor old bugs. There's some bad fungi out there for people, but nothing we have to deal with comes close to holding a candle to the nastier bug infections. In our beetles episode, we talked about a fungus that causes goldenrod soldier beetles to strike a sexy pose when they die <laughs> so that necrophiliac beetles will fly up, get their freak on, and get infected themselves. <laughs> mm. Yes, yeah, good. Another fungus called Entomophthore muscae, which translates basically to fly bug decay, does a similar thing to houseflies. It turns out that what houseflies are into is big butts. <laughs> <laughs> so this fungus kills its host and then causes its abdomen to swell up. Scientists ran some tests with uninfected normal-sized dead flies and infected ones, and male houseflies picked the sex-swollen butts... Uh, 80 to 100% of the time. Okay, pervert flies. <laughs> Maybe they're just really into fungus. Yeah. I will also say that I kept, I kept on hearing housewives, so. <laughs> <laughs> housewives like big butts. This fungus is yet another fungal STI spreading around the fly population from one dead fly humper to the next. Mazospora goes one step further. It hangs out in the soil and infects the larvae of cicadas. So these cicadas spend 17 years underground before they all emerge at once for a million participant orgy. <laughs> uh, 
And the massospore can infect them as young as one year. So once it gets in, it completely takes over. Some cicadas are two-thirds fungus. Whoa. <laughs> but they don't die. Instead, they grow up to become adults with one caveat. The fungus makes them super horny, infertile, and replaces their genitalia with a little mushroom colony. <laughs> God, it's a nightmare. <laughs> The cicadas then fly around fucking their brains out, but it isn't their genetic material they're spreading around. Just slapping a mushroom onto things. Yeah. <laughs> then, when the cicadas eventually do die, the f- fungus gets back into the soil and starts again. Some studies have shown that up to half of cicadas could be infected with mazospore. I don't like that at all. <laughs> but it's still not enough to beat the cicadas' survival strategy of strength in numbers. Like that? No, I so don't. crazy. No. <laughs> it does look like a mushroom. <laughs> now Sean's Google searches. <laughs> Ruined. Ruined. So we talked about Yartsa gunbu, which is a cordyceps that infects caterpillars. These caterpillars go underground to turn into moths, but instead of doing that, infected caterpillars just fill up with fungus until it literally explodes out their head <laughs> and onward to make a stalk several inches tall out of the ground. Makes a popcorn noise. <laughs> but the worst fungal infection has to be off the cordyceps unilateris. This fungus infects carpenter ants. A spore gets inside the ant and it starts to multiply. At some point, there gets to be so much fungus that it starts to clump up in spots around the ant's body. These clumps continue to grow and eventually they become so dense that they all connect making a sort of web strung through the ant's entire body. This fungus network takes over the ant's body, marching it out of the colony up a twig to about 25 centimeters or 10 inches off the ground. This height is shockingly consistent. At this height, the fungus has ideal amounts of moisture, heat, and light. It grows exponentially until it shoots straight out of the ant's head. While the infected ant went up, they don't tend to go out. So this dead ant filled with fungus is usually right over the top of the colony. So as the fungus makes spores and sends them out, they rain down on the rest of the colony, infecting many more ants. Hey, what's Larry doing up there? (laughs) Like a yoga thing, huh? So I'm sure a lot of you have heard of these ants, but what you may not have heard is that recent studies by scientists have found that the fungus never actually gets into the brain of the ant. It uses really? its network to drive the ant around, but it looks like the ant is still all there, trapped oh, no, in a even body worse. that it can no longer okay. control. See, this is this is my argument for, like, it's walking. That makes yeah. it an animal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's like you were saying, when they want to go someplace, they just go there. But these <laughs> ones are stealing other things' legs to do it. <laughs> yep, and that's why cordyceps are the basis for so much great science fiction. Don't like it. <laughs> And that's the last of the stories that I have. I mean, the, the the worst fungus story I have is one time I made a pot of spaghetti and then went on vacation for a month and a half. <laughs> when I came home, the, the pot was green. It had been reclaimed by nature. <laughs> and I said, this that's is gross. And I went and I chucked it. Like I, I, I emptied it out into the trash can, which as it turns out, all of a sudden it was like, <laughs> and I went, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Gasp! <laughs> it, it was not great. The pot ended up in the in the trash as well. 
Yeah, I've never really had an exceptionally bad thing. It's weird because I spent many years being a swimmer. So I was like just waiting for the day that I would catch athlete's foot because it's pretty common when you spend a lot of time around pools, but I never did get it. Luckily, Sean pees on his feet 24-7. <laughs> Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Yes. That's what I've always heard. I don't know if there's any truth to it. <laughs> I used to work at uh, as a receptionist at a vet hospital, and uh, ringworm is really common in mm. like kittens, mm-hmm. which is a fungus. It's not an actual worm. And um, people would bring these kittens in with ringworm, but ringworm, as far as I know, is pretty contagious because I would see it on their arms. Yeah. And I'd be like, I don't want to touch that cat, and I don't want to touch you. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. And they, they, I don't know, they frequently seemed completely unaware of it. Yeah. I think in their mind, if their ringworm sounds like worms, so they figured their cat had worms. But yeah, that always gave me the (laughs) heebie-jeebies. I used to get athletes, but a lot, like, uh, every time we went on a, like, extended deployment or underway outing or whatever... Like, whenever I had to wear my boots for an extended period of time, I'd always get it for a little while. Yeah. Get just, I don't know. boot. I, I don't know. I don't think it would have helped. I think it's just, the, like, the, the humid atmosphere combined with not coming out of the boots a lot. <laughs> Plus, filling your socks with mushrooms doesn't help. <laughs> yep. How else am I, was I going to get them on the ship? <laughs> Adam is a gourmet, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only mushrooms I like. <laughs> Foot ones. <laughs> <laughs> this is sort of a little bit off topic, but... As far as uh, great uh, science fiction goes, there's a story I love called Her First Harvest, which is about mushrooms growing on people. It's a it's a short story. It's by uh, hmm. Malcolm Devlin, and it's very creepy. <laughs> Sounds interesting. And then, of course, there's uh, all the zombie things that use mushrooms as their zombie source it's these days. It's more popular. Uh, yeah. I know Last of Us is the big one. The girl with all the gifts. Oh, Yeah. It's a good book. Oh, yeah. I I heard that was really good. I haven't gotten a chance to check it out yet. I didn't see the movie. I read the book. Doesn't quite stick the landing, but there's yeah. a lot of good in it yeah. up to that point. It was an interesting idea that they were playing with. Yeah, definitely. Well, if nobody has any more personal stories, we'll move on to what are your morals worth. I'm glad you brought this up, Kelly. How much to spend some time with Ringworm? No, I just said <laughs> I can't be the heebie-jeebies. I don't, I don't want to. It's making me itch. Well... In case you don't know, ringworm is a fungal infection that causes dark rings to appear all over your body. Each of these rings is a happy little colony of fungus living under your skin. So it's not terribly painful, but it is gross looking and quite contagious. So let's say you get it and I'll give you three months to see if it clears up on its own, which it does sometimes. And if it hasn't gone after three months, you can start a course of antifungal medication, which usually takes about a month to clear it up. You said it's mostly just itchy? Uh, I don't even know if it's itchy. It just looks weird. Hmm. Like, Are there any symptoms or downsides other than just looking funny for a while? I think the only major downside is that it's very contagious. Yeah. $50,000. $50,000? That's, that's not too bad, actually. Yeah, that seems pretty reasonable. I mean, I thought you were going to give us cordyceps or something. <laughs> That'd be difficult. <laughs> no human cordyceps that I'm aware of. Thank God. <laughs> yet. Not yet. Just wait till they cut down the wrong tree in the Amazon. <laughs> oh, look, I found or- a core sample in Antarctica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just going to bring this thing back to life that's been dead for a thousand years. Probably longer than that if I had to think about it. So when I was in college, I uh, 
developed a skin condition that caused me to break out in red itchy spots all over my body, mm-hmm. which wasn't contagious. But other than that, I feel like I have some experience with uh, <laughs> embarrassing red dots and what it feels like to feel like you're turning into a lizard. And I mean, you know, I wore long sleeves in the middle of summer, which wasn't great, but it wasn't the end of the world. And this doesn't itch, so it seems less bad. Yeah. I just, the only problem is avoiding uh, Sean and my daughter for three months, <laughs> which would be rough. Yeah. So I'd need enough to rent a place for three months and then justify it. Uh, 30,000. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, see, it doesn't sound too bad. And I mean, we have enough rooms here that I could probably isolate myself pretty well. Like, how, how infectious is it? Am I, like, breathing spores, or is it just contact? I think it's just contact. Okay. Let's see, that's not too bad. And, like, with everything going on right now, it wouldn't take much to call in from work for a little while. Yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> Let's say 25,000. Ooh, oh down. Fine. Yeah, I mean, if, any, if this COVID has taught me anything, it's that I'm definitely capable of working from home for extended periods of time. So I, I think I could still do my job. But, yeah. But you're not allowed to infect me or Autumn. Yeah, that's the hard part. It's the rules. <laughs> can I cut Adam? Let's see. Um, no, but I think I can tie Adam. I'll do 25000 It's I'd a reasonable that. amount. Yeah. And like you said, it's not like you're going to be missing much, if any, work. Yeah. yeah. No, just leaving me alone with a baby for three months. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you 10000 How about that? <laughs> yeah, you know, one thing I've wondered about with this uh, whole COVID thing is if we're going to lose out a bunch of common colds at the same time since everybody's isolating themselves. Like how yeah. many other infections w- might we beat at the same time? If we do this right, could be probably good. not a lot. We're not doing it right. So yeah, unfortunately now we're just trading super bugs back and forth in our individual houses. And then everybody <laughs> comes back out to socialize. We're going to spread them all around. Well, I think that's all we've got for this week. Thanks to my co-host for joining me today. Thanks to our fungal free editor, Gerard. Uh, if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can reach us at gmail at acidpoppodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Reddit. You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at acidpoppodcast. And if you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon. Thanks for tuning in, and remember, don't breathe. Bye. I think I've got mm. one. Spornado versus Babu Nami. I'm Adam. <laughs> Damn it, I was going to use yes. Spornado. I wanted to get in on before you did. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, why did they open the Cordyceps Science Lab in Kansas? <laughs>